Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Last week, we kind of talked about the foundation of the relationship, of how God designed our relationship between man and woman. And that is the foundation from which we operate and we live our life. And we have uh, kind of this uh, baseline from which God, we realize that God created the union in the garden because he saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So we talked about that last week and that foundation. And today, we're going to kind of take it another degree. We're going to talk all aspects of the relationship. So I don't know if you're at, where you're at, what your relationship status in, in the room is. It could be it's complicated, you're single, you're ready to mingle. I don't know what, what it is. But uh, whatever it is, there's stuff today we're going to talk about all aspects and parts of the journey. Maybe you've been uh, married for a number of years and, uh, and God's blessed you in your marriage. And uh, we just pray that there's things today that you pick up on that are helpful to you. And the main thing that we landed with last week is that when we're together, man and, man and hus- uh, husband and wife, when we're in this together and we have a mentality of we're in this together that... It's the togetherness that kind of creates the forever. It's when we're together and we're working and we're not just competing against one another, uh, but instead we're collaborating, then that's where God kind of brings us together and, and we're able to go through problems and difficulties and challenges in our relationships and get through that and see uh, God's blessing and favor in our relationships. So we talk about keeping that collaboration and not competing against one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today um, we're excited to be able to share together. Um, you know, the world has a lot to say about relationships and what's good and what's okay, um, but God created it. And so um, Things are always best. Everything in life is best if we follow God's plan. And so we're excited to share today. Um, If you were hoping that your pastors had a perfect marriage, I'm sorry to disappoint you. We do not. Um, But we... Does uh, anybody have a perfect marriage? No, they don't. Okay. Yeah, nobody does. Um, But we've, you know, learned some things and by God's grace, um, just feel like we've... uh, grown together over the last 18 plus years that we've been together. And um, and we're passionate about healthy marriages and godly marriages here in Highmark Church. So we're excited to share on that today. Yeah. And so today we want to kind of go through some of the relationship stages that we all will go through in our life, hopefully, or we pray that uh, we're all in in this together. We're all going to have a different experience, a unique experience, but we're going to talk about some of the stages. And uh, I think we should start right now with the people that are single, that you're, you're like, I, I, we all probably, even if you've been married, you remember the days when you were single. Maybe it was longer uh, than some other people, but it's okay. It's like God has every part of the journey for us. He does things in our life at every stages of our relationships. And, and so uh, we'll just talk about this section. We'll just call it single and ready to mingle. Does I that like sound it. good? Yeah, okay, like we'll it. call that. But I think there's a misconception that we have in life is that you're incomplete until you find that other person. Like, 
until you find the, that person that you're somehow missing something. And that's a misconception. Now, I personally, I blame Jerry Maguire, okay? If you've ever seen that movie, there was a line in that movie where he just said to the woman, you complete me, right? Like there was this completion moment. So I blame Jerry Maguire, but the reality is your spouse doesn't complete you. It's God that completes us. It's Jesus and a relationship with him that brings the fulfillment and the completion in us. And so uh, that relationship is never meant to take the place of God in your life. It's never meant to be your number one, but instead it's meant to uh, really kind of uh, add on and and bring more joy and more um, enjoyment to uh, your life. And God really fills that that hole in your heart. He fills that place in your soul, that it's not another person. person. And so kind of the baseline or where I want to start today is that we have to find our worth and fulfillment in Christ. That's like square one, that we find our value, we find who we are, not in someone else, but first in who God created us to be. So if you're single in the place, like, I think this is a great time to just discover all that God has gifted you, the way that, uh, the things that he has for you, the way that he wants to grow you, and, uh, and that's where you just have to find that worth and fulfillment there. Yeah, so the Bible actually even talks about, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians that it's good to be single. Um, so here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man or woman can spend their time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man or woman has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And so there's there's something to that. Um, you know, and so many times when we're single, we can be so quick to wish that time away or to want to skip to what's next and skip to, you know, I want to be married. I want to have kids. I want to have all those things. Um, but don't miss what God has for you right now. You know, if that's you, if you're single, don't miss what God has for you in this season because it's a special time and God's timing is perfect. You don't want to rush something. You don't want to settle for something because you're ready to be, you know, there, you're ready to be in a relationship or you're ready to be married. Just wait for God's perfect timing. That's good. I think like it's just us knowing that uh, we're taking time to know what we're looking for in a, in a spouse too. I think in those types of seasons of your life, you can, you can kind of say, okay, that person maybe hasn't come along yet, or maybe, maybe they have, or maybe they're in your world and you're like, I, I, they're pretty good looking. I'd like to talk to them a little bit more. Um, but uh, if they haven't, it's, it's good to just st- step back and say, okay, what am I looking for? What, is, what are the qualities that I would like to see in a potential spouse? And sometimes taking seasons of singleness and, and discovering really what God has for you and being fulfilled in that and knowing what you're looking for is such a powerful thing. And 2 Corinthians 6.14 says that we shouldn't be unequally yoked. So what that talks about and is referring to is that there should be a, a, a kind of us being on the same footing in the same place in our life. That's a, there's a lot of spiritual implications of that as well. So we should have the same similar or same kind of faith background or faith uh, maturity level. And so those are important things to consider when you're looking for that person and looking for where they're at. And that requires then like, it, it, that's one thing that God is, 
is wanting us to think about, not just that we're attracted to them, but where are they at, and are they a man or woman of God, and are they going to spur me on towards God, or are they going to uh, steer me away, and I think we have to look at that potential relationship or that person in our life and say, and we have to filter it through that kind of lens and say, is this person going to help me, and ultimately, we, it comes down to uh, in our relationship that we just got to pray that God would give us clarity on that future spouse or that person. We got to pray for God to just uh, give us a peace about that. Now, uh, I know some people can be, you can be a worrier. You can be like, okay, I have the list of qualities, but they measure up to only seven of the nine, you know, or seven of the 10. And, uh, but you're like, but maybe that one they could, you know, and that you, you might not find someone that fits them all, but you at least say, these are the things that I've identified that are important to me. And they actually bring up things in the, conver- in the relationship that you can talk about and that you can, you can uh, discover about the other person and you can grow in knowing and you ultimately just have to pray and say, God, is this a person that you want me to link up with? Is this a person, because the Bible, when it's talking about us being yoked up, it's actually referring to, it's an agricultural cultural reference, and uh, not too many of us got up this morning and yoked up uh, a couple animals to go out and plow the field, or we won't have to do that tomorrow. None of us probably will have to do that tomorrow, but in Jesus's time, that's literally what they did. They would take two animals, and they would yoke them together. They would put, they would tie them together so that there was more strength, and there was more power to pull and plow the fields, and so that's what the Bible's saying, is that when you link up with someone, you're, you're, you're linking up with them and you're actually kind of setting your, your course for you're going to be in this together. You're working together. And it's important that you don't have one that's out pulling the other or one that's, uh, that's outpacing the other because otherwise you're just going in circles and you're plowing your field in a circle and then people think it's an alien and crop circles and stuff like that. So I'm just making this stuff up. No, that's so, good. Okay. That's good. Um, you kind of touched on this, but I did want to say, um, you know, faith is not the only important thing. So God wants you to be with someone that you're attracted to. Can somebody say amen? Um, someone that you're compatible with, you know, those things are important too. It's not just like, you know, the first person you find that loves Jesus with all their heart, like that's your person. It's like, well, no, is there compatibility? Is that, do they, you know, make you laugh? You know, are you attracted to them? And not that looks are everything, you know, attraction is not all about looks, but those things are important too. So don't feel bad about that. Thank you. Right? Thank you. <laughs> I feel like that's a compliment towards me right now. So I'll just receive it, it in is. the name of Jesus this morning. I, yep. So thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, that's actually, I, I shared the story before, but Jamie and I, when we met, I actually saw Jamie in the cafeteria of our college from like afar, and I was with a friend, and I've shared the story, so if it's a repeat, sorry, but if you're newer uh, to Highmark, I saw her, and I was like, I bumped my friend, I was like, I need to go talk to that girl, like right there, like she is pretty fine right there, and so. But his friend was a girl. He did, I don't know if he shared that, so his friend was a girl, so when he came over to talk to me, I had no idea, so yeah. it wasn't like, oh, yeah. you know, Playing I didn't think cool. he was hitting on me Playing or anything, cool. so, which yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> it just, like it that. really did, like, we, we just started a friendship, really, at that point, but, um, you know, I, I was, I knew that I was like, I want to get to know her. I had an, I had an attraction to her, so that's okay. Like Same. You, I was also attracted yeah, to you. Yeah. yeah. It's probably my hair. Was it the hair? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone found that funny. But, um, but 
I think you find those, you find those, uh, that attraction. So realize that God lines that up. He brings those people in your life. There should be kind of the, that full spectrum in your life. I just think we can't ignore one side or the other. We can't lean one way or the other like, hey, well, they're a really godly person, but I don't have any attraction to them or there's not like um, good chemistry between you. Um, those are all things that I feel like God aligns when he brings that person. So um, in, in your life. But I think ultimately, too, we got to remember that when we're dating, we're pursuing someone, that we always have to set a standard in our life. We have to set a standard. And I, I think I hit on this a little bit last week, and I wanted Jamie and I to talk about it a little bit more, because there's a verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 20, and it says that uh, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I love this scripture. It applies to so many areas of our life. But I've, I really think that this is one of the areas that we have to really kind of step back and evaluate what God's word says based on what the behaviors or the norms are and the customs of this world. We have to do that in a lot of areas of our life. But even in the relational side, I feel like things have changed in, uh, in recent years. I feel like we have to be aware to set a standard in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the world would tell us um, it's all about instant gratification, right? Just about everything. You know, if you want it, go get it. If you want it, if it feels right, then go for it. Um, but, you know, God has a plan, and his plans are always better. And there are um, soul-level implications for, for how we use our bodies and in lots of different ways, but in, in relationships. Um, there, it, It's not just a physical thing. It affects our soul and, and our heart um, and our emotions. And, you know, there's so much. We're, like, saturated as a culture right now with sexual content everywhere. It's more accessible than ever before because of the Internet and... Um, um, smartphones and other devices, um, it's just everywhere. And then it's it's more um, socially acceptable, I think, too. Yeah. I think, like, we're saturated. Now it's like you see it on TV shows. You see it on the in movies. Uh, you know, it's norma, normal for us. Like, we know there's what we would call hookup apps. You know, there's terminology around, like... Uh, like not having good boundaries in a relationship, like Netflix and chill isn't just going home and watching Netflix. Uh, so if you ever hear that, like there's actually implications to like that. Has a, that's part of the hookup culture and uh, things are changing. We, we, we have to realize that sexual content is out there. It's more accessible uh, than ever before. It, we have unprecedented. You think about like, and maybe you're younger, but even before my time, like it was not accessible before the internet as like it is now. And now it's just a couple clicks away, but it used to be like you had to go somewhere, you had to get, you had to go to a seedy like place in in a storefront or something, and you had to go to somewhere to get uh, exposed to that. But now it's just right at our fingertips. So I just encourage parents, be aware of that, uh, be alert to that. And then everyone, all of us, need to set standards. Even when it comes to pornography, that's not an issue even exclusive to guys anymore. It's guys and girls, but there's a standard that we have to set in our life. And we have to say, uh, we need to make sure that we're following not just the cultural norms of what everyone says is okay and what everyone says 
we can do, but we kind of follow what God says and what his word says and how he's designed our marriage relationships and how he's created those to be. And uh, so with that unprecedented access, I think even in recent years, um, beside, the church has been talking and we've been talking for years about the implications of that and the, how it can affect a relationship. But even science and the and medical community now has studied and realized that there's patterns in the brain that are being rewired by pornography and the access to it. And, and it changes the dynamic in a relationship. And so those studies are coming out and people that aren't even from a faith background are saying, hey, hold on, there's something wrong here. That's not actually a good for us. It doesn't benefit us. So even there, it just confirms that... Uh, um, that what God's design was uh, is the best design and, and how he created it. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says this. It says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, the, who lives in you and is given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So it lays it out right there, and I love that it just says we got to run from it. Yeah, so it it implies that it's easy to get caught in, and and it's not, um, no one is above that. We're all tempted, we're all created with those desires and those feelings, um, and that's not a bad thing in, in the right context, and we'll talk more about that. But, but it says run from it. And so there's, there's a wisdom there that God gives us, um, and there's a grace that he gives us to face that temptation. Um, but we do have a responsibility to, you know, be careful about the situations we put ourselves in um, when you're single and dating. You know, be careful about the boundaries that you set in place when you're um, alone together and different things like that. Um, that yeah, you know, and I think that's, that's a key part. You know, we talked about the the exposure we have but even in the relationship when you're single you got to say hey i have to set a standard i need to set a a a guideline in our relationship and uh, hopefully you can do that together but if not like you say i'm drawing the line and this is where i want to do and i'll just say like guys if you're sleeping with or living with your girlfriend you got to commit or quit like just draw the line in the sand and say hey we're in this or we're not and god designed that level of intimacy for the marriage relationship and so um, commit or quit. And I, I think you have to, in a relationship, step back and inspect it. Uh, have you ever got like a new p- uh, piece of clothing? I know I've put on a new pair of jeans before and I put my hand in the pocket and there's a little piece of paper in there and I'll pull it out and it says inspected by number 47. You know, has anybody ever had that experience in this place? You know, you, you pull that out and you see that. And that's like someone inspected it. There's a quality control in the relation or in the in the process of manufacturing it. And I think we need that same type of commitment in our relationships to inspect it, not against our own truth, but against the truth and the word of God. So we inspect and we inspect that to say, okay, am I living to God's standard? Have I set good boundaries and, and you can have some quality control and you have grace in that and you can, you can kind of step back and say, I need a reset. We need to reset some boundaries or some guidelines and there's grace and forgiveness in that. And I remember a number of years ago, we were doing a series like this and we had a couple in our church, they were living together. Their name were, names were Brian and Teresa. They came to us and they just said, hey, we, we desperately like realize that we've made some wrong choices, but we need to make things right. Uh, and they uh, each had children and uh, uh, were living, all living together. Uh, and so we just 
walked them through that process, talked about that, and we actually helped them to get married. They got married and still to this day uh, just honoring God in their life, but they kind of realized that, okay, we've crossed some boundaries, we've made errors, but we want to get it right. And they, there was grace in that. There's grace in that, and there's grace of stepping into that. God, God is a God of forgiveness, but I think people get caught up like, well, I've made too many, I've, I've already crossed, I've made a mistake, and so what do I do? I just, I, I'm stuck, and I got to stay here. No, God says, listen, we can kind of do some quality control in our relationship and set some boundaries and make uh, uh, some decisions and inspect where we're at as a couple. Yeah, that's good. I think sometimes, um, you know, it could be the way we grew up or um, what we understood was okay. Um, you know, sometimes there's that. That's that's part of it for someone that maybe they would say, well, this is, you know, what I've known and this, this is okay. But I think, you know, just like anything else, when we um, learn what God has to say about something that God has a different standard for us, then it's, it's an issue of obedience. And it's, do I want... Um, to hold on to something that God, you know, doesn't want me to? Do I want to hold on to this, you know, little little sin? Um, or do I want to obey God? Do I want to give God everything? And so I think that's... Um, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. I think um, we'll just kind of keep talking. And I remember... Uh, we dated, you know, how long, how long did we date? I can't remember. A year? It was about a year and a half okay. before we yeah, got so married. Yeah, so I think we dated about six to eight months. Nine months before we okay. got engaged. See? <laughs> this is why I have her up here, guys. Um, and, uh, and so we dated nine months, uh, and then I was like, we need to get married. Like, you're the one... You're my dream girl. Um, and then I, I proposed to you at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, because I, my family was living there at the time. You came to visit me, um, and I played it, again, super cool. Um, and and uh, proposed to you on the waterfront, beautiful setting, nice night. Uh, had dinner with some friends before, but then went, took you on a walk. And so then we started that journey. We got married. And let's talk about being newly married because yeah. this is where it gets funny, right? Let's this is where it gets it. really yeah. hilarious, okay? I, um, I like to say, um, I tell people, like, the first couple of years were so hard. And the first time I ever said that, Don looked at me like, what? Really? Really? I'm like, were you there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they yeah. were really hard. <laughs> so you have the moment, like, there's all this preparation, you, the celebration, you go on a honeymoon, but then, like, you have real life and you settle into real life and that's when some stress comes that's when some stretching comes in that relationship, and then you're like, okay, we got to figure this out. And I remember being newly married, and I wasn't really good at uh, navigating all the parts of life with another person, and uh, I, I was doing an internship. I was, uh, we were kind of finishing up college, and I was interning at a church in Pennsylvania and serving there, uh, but we were also interviewing for jobs and places that we could serve on a church staff at the time. We're making big life decisions. I look back and think about th those first few months of marriage and first year even. We moved states, you know, we like packed everything up. We picked, we had we had stuff in three different states that we went like on a one-week road trip to pick it all up and then move to a new state. Um, and I didn't always handle that well. I didn't always articulate, like communicate very well what I was thinking. And that a lot of times like causes friction. And uh, we really kind of need that, realize that that season and that part of your relationship is kind of working out, really coming together and living together. 
Um, so there's a verse in the Bible, of course, that talks about this. Mark uh, chapter 10, verse 7 and 8 says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Doesn't that just sound so beautiful? And like it would just be perfect and, yeah. you know, and it is beautiful, but it really can be challenging. And, um, and I'm not trying to say, you know, that our, our first two years where everything was bad, but, but it is a challenge when you're coming together and, um, you know, you're, you're bringing your own, you know, upbringing, your personality and you're coming together and you know each other, you love each other, but you really start to see, um, things, you know, when you're living with someone and you're, uh, you know. Yeah, what were you seeing? <laughs> Are you trying to get me to call you out? No, it's all good. <laughs> I'm going to call myself out here in a few minutes. Um, but, you know, it's a good thing to be intentional about preparing for marriage, you know, and that can, that starts even before when you're engaged, you know, there's a lot of great things that you can do. Um, premarital counseling is a really great thing to do. Um, reading books on marriage. I'm sure there's probably great podcasts, different things like that. Um, get advice from trusted friends or family, people that are married. You know, what are your challenges and what advice do you have for us, you know, in this? Um, and then I would say have the tough conversations when you're engaged. All of the things that can, you know, kind of cause problems. Talk about those things. Don't be afraid to talk about those things. Um, and then put God first in your own life. This is always, always the best thing to do first and foremost is to make sure that you're in a growing relationship with Jesus and you're going to be the best spouse that you can be if that, if God's your number one priority and you're growing. That's good. I think the, the main goal then in, as you're in your early years of marriage, maybe, maybe it's the first year, the second, third year, maybe it's a five year plan you're on to really get established. But the main goal is to just establish this new life together that you realize that you are two people with different backgrounds, different upbringings, like Jamie mentioned, and you're coming together. And you have different expectations you're bringing to the relationship. I remember that. I'm like, I was a guy. I was like, all right, let's, I love marriage. Like, I feel like I should come home from work and Jamie's ready to go. Like, like, and, like she's cooking my meal and just like, I don't know, we're just, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that like... You know, but it didn't work out like that all the time, <laughs> no, right? not all the time. Not yeah. all the time. Yeah. Sometimes he would come home, and it was like in the winter in Michigan, and I'm like, I've got a robe on over my clothes. Like, I'm not, you know, ready to go. Like, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but there's different personalities and communication styles that you have to work through, different upbringings, family dynamics, and even different love languages. I remember that being part of the journey that we figured out, like, uh, there's a book called The Five Long Love Languages, mm -hmm. and we really, reading that, discovered, oh, like, you operate, like, that's your primary love language, and we So, I, mine is words of affirmation. That would be, like, my number one love language. You're doing and a then, great job. <laughs> thanks. Don's would be acts of service, and so before we kind of knew that, we both just felt like we're not speaking the same language. Like, we're not, you know, I would say things to him. I would write him little notes on Post-its, and it was just... I felt like he, you know. I was like, know. oh, cool. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I didn't notice that he's doing all these things for me. He's taking my car and filling it up with gas so I don't have to do it. He's doing the dishes, all these, you know, different things. Um, so that really helped us to learn that, like, oh, when you do that, you're, you're showing me love. So we learned how to. Because your default is you're going to show love in the way that you want to receive it. And so that's the part that you have to reframe your thinking, like, okay, well, if I know, then, like, 
words of affirmation, then I can be intentional then about sharing or saying those things to her on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, I do want to call myself out here for a second. So just talking about different, um, different upbringings, different communication. Um, when we were newly married and we would argue, um, I would always cry and dance like this. So I'm crying. I'm like, you know, roller coaster of emotions. And I, it was so frustrating to me because I didn't yet understand, you know, the differences between us. We, we, were, like, we were figuring that thought out. thought I didn't care. I thought he didn't care. So I would say mean things, like really dumb and mean things to try to get a reaction out of him. Did I react? Not usually. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So most of the time that ended with, you know, me realizing how ridiculous I was and either calling him or, you know, talking to him later. And I'm so sorry, you know, learning through that. Um, I remember that we lived on the third floor of an apartment. And at one point I remember we got an argument and I was like, the people around us think we're probably nuts. (laughs) Like we're crazy dysfunctional, but it was just, we're figuring out the relationship and, and God brings you through it and there's grace and you're like, okay, we're together in this. Let's figure this out. Let's understand one another better. And it's all part of the the journey that God has for you. And that's communication is a really big problem. I put it out, we put out on social media, on Highmark social media this week, like what are the big, what are the biggest issues in a relationship? Well, communication is like a big one. I was never really good in the beginning. I've gotten a lot better because I've been intentional, but I was never good about sharing details with Jamie. Um, I would make decisions or things would happen or uh, at work or things, I don't know, other things in our life and ministry. And I would be around someone else and I would start to tell that person about it. And I'd never told it to, to Jamie and she's hearing and it I'm for like, the very, that's interesting. yeah, she, very so first time she's hearing, hearing that. Right now. And so, um, <laughs> I got in trouble a lot in those early days because I was not good at that and remembered to do that. And so we have to realize like each of us you're going to grow, you're going to change, you're going to get better at that. Like we, we've learned to work together in, in our different uh, personalities and different I will giftings. say I wasn't great at that either. So sometimes there were times that I um, just expected Don to read my mind or I expected him to just know how I felt or what I wanted. Um, and then when he didn't kind of meet that expectation, then, you know, that would cause, cause an issue. So all these things are normal. If you're newly married and you're, these things are happening – um, just know that it's normal and it's, you know, it's how we work through it and grow and yeah, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so you, you're creating that relationship that's your primary. You're, you're coming together, but it's okay to have all the other relationships. It's still okay to have friendships in your life. I think you can have friendships uh, with, with a, a, a someone of the same sex and you still hang out together, maybe go and you each have friends but you also, it's valuable to have other married friends in your life to kind of go through those seasons together. And you discover that you're like, okay, we're not as crazy as we thought we were, okay? Yeah. Like, we're not as dysfunctional as we thought we were. That was it's a okay. huge thing for us. Our first, um, like, ministry assignment when we were newly married, it was, um, there were not very many people our age. First of all, we were we were pretty young when we got married. I was 20, or I turned 20 two weeks after we got married. Don was 21. Yeah, I had to lock that so, up pretty quick. <laughs> There were not, um, there were not hardly any, you know, couples, people that were married that were our age um, in our church in our area. They were still trying to graduate college and high school. (laughs) So we didn't, you know, feel like we had other couples that were in the same place as us, and so 
for me, that, that was important because I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to and to say, this is what we're going through, or do you guys fight about this, or do you, is this an issue for you? And then several years later, when we moved on to a different position, and we had friends that were our age that were married, and it really, for me, was helpful because I started to feel like, okay, that's, other people deal with that, and it helps you be able to sometimes kind of laugh at things um, and see that some things maybe aren't as big of a deal as you think they are, um, and it just helps you to see that you're normal and that it, there's not something wrong with you, because I, I really did kind of feel that um, sometimes that, oh my goodness, are we, you know, Yeah, I didn't try to make wrong. you feel like that, so. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things is you, you're making that relationship, like, stick, and it's the primary relationship, but having friends like that, it actually, they might share with you tools or things that they've uh, learned as they've worked through that, and you're like, oh yeah, like, okay, jot that down, like, we need mm -hmm. to do that, uh, and so just make each other better, and that's why I love that we have uh, life groups here at Highmark that focus on marriage. Uh, we'll always kind of build. I, I shared last week that we want to have marriage mentoring as part of our ministry of the church where we have couples that are saying, hey, we want to help people prepare for marriage. We want to help people going through difficult season in, in marriage, and we want to focus in on that's part of our ministry here at Highmark. So we believe one day we're going to raise up uh, more leaders that are going to able to speak and, and coach people, couples through maybe difficult seasons or early days of marriage as well. And so um, anyway, we got to stay connected. Let's talk about the marathon of marriage. You get past those early days, you kind of get, get through it, get through kind of like establishing your relationship together. I think the next challenge is, is then, okay, this is a marathon. We got through like the, the early days, maybe the sprint part, but like we're in this for the long haul. Like God designed it for us to be together. He, he, he designed it so that we would have relationship uh, together forever. And so that's how God designed it. So um, how do we get through it? How do we hold it together? Let's give some practical things. We have a couple minutes left. Yeah. Just give some practical things today of like how we hold it together uh, yeah. on an ongoing basis in marriage? Uh, so I would say definitely one of the most important things is just to make time for each other, to make time to go on dates, set aside time for each other. And going on a date doesn't always have to be, you know, going out to dinner or doing, you know, spending money. It could be something, just something intentional. Um, and you don't even have to call it a date. Going for a walk. Sometimes I'll, I'll, we'll be out on a walk in the neighborhood, and I'm like, we're on a date. He's like, no, we're just on a walk. But, you know, but it's that intentional time together, setting aside that. that time. I'm like, yes, we're on a date. <laughs> Um, setting aside that time and um, like you did when you were dating, you know, yeah. when you were trying to woo each other, trying to win each other over, um, it's important, you know, yeah. to, to and have And life's that busy, schedules, you had kids in the dynamic then, it's like a, a little more crazy. Uh, but we wanted to do something during the series that's fun. We're going to hand this out at the door uh, as you leave today. We'll have it again next week for people that missed this week. But uh, we actually created a card for, with, this, with relationship goals on here, and it's uh, date night tic-tac-toe, okay? On the flip side, you have all the uh, a few date nights, and you try to get three in a row, and you're going to win something. Um, well, maybe not win anything, but uh, your marriage. healthy marriage. Yes, is what that's what you're going to win. So uh, pick that up on your way. We just want to, it's a little something, a little something fun just to say, hey, if you've been married a while, you're a couple, maybe you're even engaged, like be intentional. It, it's about intentionality, and so sometimes we just need to refocus and build some time in, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate or expensive, but it can just be quality time. And so we did some fun ones like movie night or volunteer together or cook together, go for dinner out, 
it's the season for apple picking, so maybe go apple picking or do a game night or go to the farmer's market together, just conversation and coffee, things like that. And so um, our challenge to you is if you're in a relationship right now, is before the end of this month, is to actually get three in a row. Make time to do three in a row. And so we want to see it. We actually put on there, hey, tag us on social media, and we'll share it out there. We want to see that you're spending time together, and we want to make that type of investment in marriage. So that'll be on the way out today. Love it. Um, So another thing I would say is don't give all of your energy to everything and everyone else, and then give your spouse the scraps. And um, I think that that sometimes can be a temptation um, because, you know, they're there and you're, um, you know, you're maybe out of that dating phase where you're trying to, you're trying to woo them. Um, And, you know, life gets crazy. And sometimes this is harder in in some seasons. I remember, you know, when we had little kids, our kids are teenagers now, but when we had little kids, um, it's hard. It's hard to, um, to not give all of your energy there because they require a lot of energy. And if you're in that season, you know what I'm saying. Um, and so there's, there's grace there. Don't feel bad if you're like, gosh, but I'm so tired, you know, by the time the end of the day comes and, um, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But I think... Um, and the intimacy side of it as well, when you, you have to make that a priority, that's part of the relationship, that's, that's uh, part of the needs of the relationship. And so you have to make that a standard or priority yeah, and definitely. make time for that. Uh, as you go, yep. for sure. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to read the verse, but 1 Corinthians 7, 5, um, basically talking to married couples says, don't deprive each other. And so make physical intimacy a priority. Um, and it actually says, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So making making that a priority strengthens your marriage, protects your marriage. Yeah. It's going to guard your heart and your mind from the temptations that that may come, um, and so that's it's a good thing. Yeah, let me just let's land this with a couple other practical things. Tackle the problems together. You got to tackle them. We talked about this last week. We talked about how you got to come at them from the same vantage point or same together. So it means you got to identify the friction points, the areas where hey, there's a challenge. There's uh, something where. Uh, you really have to seek to understand, and it could be communication, it could be finances, uh, it could be parenting, but there's all these areas that are going to be maybe friction points in that relationship, and you have to identify those things and, mm-hmm. and really to uh, tackle them together. Yeah. And then the last one is, is just to commit yourself to a growing relationship with God, and that's, I think, the key to longevity in your relationship and in your marriage. You are bringing your best self to that relationship. That is only done not by your own effort, but it's done through God continuing to grow you, working you, working your heart, and then you are saying, okay, I'm committed to myself growing with God, and then I'm gonna bring my best version of myself to this relationship. And that right there is a game changer. That then, when you are thinking it like that, you're bringing your best self, and then your relationship can go to another level. You can encourage each other spiritually. You can, you can pray together, do devotions together, but you're just committed yourself to saying, hey, I'm going to bring the best version of myself uh, to this relationship, and that comes from my commitment and my following of God. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.